Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Optimum You podcast. My purpose for this show is to explore the patterns and principles of the natural design of humans. And like having the right tool for the job, the only way to get consistent, positive results from anything is to cooperate with its design. Hey, and welcome back to the Optimum You podcast. My name is Joshua Lee, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Today we're going to pick up again with the five systems of human design. We have already gone through physical and intellectual. Today we jump into emotional. Uh, this one is pretty awesome, actually. The, the different areas of the emotional category are, um, there are, there are four, again, uh, sensing a pattern here. Uh, four areas of physical, four areas of intellectual, and we've got four areas in emotional. First area in emotional is the affirmation language or love language. It depends on the context, really. There's a um, there's a a book written by Gary Chapman called Five Love Languages, and he's also got a book that he co-wrote with Paul White called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Um, both of those are gold when it comes to, um, building a, an emotional connection with, um, people that are in your life. The, the five, those five languages include, um, physical touch, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, acts of service and quality time. And I'll do, I'll do a real quick um, touch on each of those. And uh, physical touch is pretty straightforward. It's, you know, hand-holding, hugging, pat on the shoulder, pat on the back, a, um, you know, hands on the shoulder and make an eye contact kind of thing. It's, it's a, it's a, a physically uh, close way of interacting with someone. And now there are there are obvious uh, implications with regard to um, what scenarios that works in um, in in the workplace. You obviously want to be careful with uh, personal space and uh, things of that nature. So make sure that you are very aware of somebody else's comfort zone with regard to physical touch, um, handshaking when you meet, but kind of other than that, leave it there. Uh, words of affirmation in, in with with words of affirmation this is this is a, a tricky thing because they have to be authentic that's I mean this is this is true with with any of these it's the authenticity is very key um, uh, you know a cursory hey good job is not really what somebody who's whose affirmation language is words of affirmation uh, that's not what they're really looking for they're a, a sincere, and specific, um, you know, thank you for doing this thing that you did for me. It, 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 it meant a lot. That, that's the kind of words of affirmation that somebody's looking for. Um, receiving gifts. Uh, again, this is, this is an authenticity and, and a, um, a 
holy crap, I was just using the word in the other one. Um, and I can't think of it now. I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, sincere. Sincerity is the word that I'm looking for. In receiving gifts, is it's the same concept as words of affirmation. It has to be sincere. It has to be authentic. Um, the gift itself is not the... Um, the big thing it's the it's the thought and effort behind giving the gift it it should have meaning and it should have value but the um the value of the of the gift does not trump the value of the sentiment behind it so keep keep that in mind and and the next one is acts of service uh Again, authentic, sincere, uh, doing things for others that they either can't do for themselves or really don't like to do for themselves are, are some some key things there. Um, you'll you'll notice the people that have this are you know they they do acts of service all the time. That's you know that's kind of their native tongue. Is you'll find those people that serve you the most are the ones who will appreciate an act of service as their affirmation language um, the, the most. And so um, it might not be that they're incapable or that they don't even like doing the thing. It's the fact that they they are potentially taken for granted for all the stuff that they do. And so when you can step in and do some of that for them with a, a grateful sentiment of, hey, I, I see you doing this all the time. I want to step in. I want to do it for you because uh, you mean a lot to me. That's a, a very good um, application of the acts of service affirmation language. And the last one is quality time. And with quality time, there's, uh, there's some different scenarios here uh, with family. It, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. The, um, your, your presence, both physical, intellectual, and emotional, and relational, and spiritual presence is required for this. You can't just be in the same room uh, sitting on your phone or on a device or watching TV, you know, uh, there, there has to be a, an intentional level of interaction, um, in the context of this quality time. And it, and it is ideally, um, uh, one-on-one -on -one or, you know, small, small group quality time with your, with, with someone in a, you know, at a party isn't really the same as quality one-on-one -on -one time with them. So, uh, so once again, physical touch, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, acts of service, and quality time are the uh, love or affirmation languages that are outlined by uh, Mr. Gary Chapman. I'll put a link in the description here to uh, those two books that I mentioned, and y'all can go look and, and check those out. They're, they're really good. Uh, the next of the four pieces of the emotional uh, system is uh, gratitude. And this is where I want to spend most of the time on this episode is because um, the importance of gratitude is, um, I think, vastly overlooked by society in general. Um, the quickest way for you to recover from a bad day is 
gratitude. Um, the quickest way for you to fortify yourself as you go through tough times is gratitude. Um, the quickest way for you to lift someone else up in if they're going through a bad time, gratitude. Um, the power of gratitude is just absolutely uh, mind-boggling to me. I, I am, I'm always... Uh, I, I am consistently um, surprised at the, the various ways that gratitude improves my life. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't be angry and thankful at the same time. You can't be, you can't really be sad and thankful at the same time. It's, it's, it truly is the, um, the, the light switch that can, that can switch things from meh to good. And, um, so do not underestimate the power of gratitude. I, I find that um, if I'm if I'm in a funk, and this is usually a, you know, a self-indulgent "woe is me, boohoo, wham, whiner baby" kind of moments in in my life, and I find myself being um, frustrated and offended by by everybody that I interact with um, because I'm in a I'm in a self-judgmental state of mind. And when you're in that state of mind, uh, you you pretty much uh, see and process and receive everything as confirming your own self judgment, um, and so it just perpetuates and it and it snowballs and builds on itself, and it's and it can be very difficult to get through. It can lead to depression and and um, and worse. And so when I when I find myself in moments like that, I can choose to practice gratitude. This, gratitude is a skill. Um, it's not just something that that kind of happens. Um, there are there are things that you can put in place in your life to build up the skill of of expressing gratitude. Uh, one of those practices that I've used is um, starting my day with a gratitude. Uh, journal and you know you, it, it doesn't it doesn't take much you don't have to be like a you know a prolific writer or you know journaling is not one of the things that like brings me joy or or is a uh i read i like i it's hard for me to do it it's not some people naturally like you know that's how they process things i tend to process things out loud but um it it's important this is this is an important practice because um, in in the gratitude department, documented records of that which you are grateful for is um, very valuable. So taking taking the time to write down. I use Evernote. Um, I have a gratitude journal in Evernote, so I can I can uh, access it on my phone and type it in there. I can access it on my computer, type it in from there, um, iPad, whatever, and um, and then I just, I put it in my gratitude journal folder, I make a new note, I can tag it with things that I'm, you know, that I'm subject matter that I'm talking about for it's and it's searchable. So it becomes it becomes a real a real asset to me in that format, but any any form you do, um, simply 
taking note and making a record of these things that that you are expressing gratitude for um, becomes referenceable to you. Um, so when you're having a hard time with gratitude, you can go back and look at these and and kind of get your mindset back into those things that you can be thankful for. Because there's a good chance that um, many of those things are still around. They're still in your life. And, and you know, when you first start out the gratitude journal, I've, I've noticed the, the tendency to, um, to begin listing things broadly. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my house, you know, things like that. And as, as the days go by doing a, doing a daily, um, entry into your gratitude journal, you begin to get more granular in how you express your gratitude for things. And, and in, in that moment, when you, when you shift from the macro to the micro in, in your grat, your expression of gratitude, um, to yourself in your, in your daily journaling, um, you, you've unlocked, that's where you've really unlocked the power of gratitude because there's, um, even in the midst of difficulty and strife, there's always something small to be grateful for and, and getting in that state of mind of being grateful can really have a huge amount of power in shifting, um, the, the dynamic of your mood and your attitude and, uh, and then your thinking and your beliefs and your behaviors. And, um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's like the, the breaker box of a good attitude. You know, sometimes that, sometimes that breaker gets tripped by circumstances and gratitude is the, the switch that can boom, just, uh, shock it back on and, and good attitude can, can start flowing through you again, like electricity and, and uh, really lift you up. So I I cannot possibly uh, overemphasize the power of um, of gratitude, expressing gratitude. And then, uh, as I mentioned, you know, lifting somebody else up. When you when you take the time to express gratitude to others for the things that they do, um, especially the things that they are you know quote unquote expected to do, it it can really boost people up. You know. Uh, I thanking somebody for doing the thing they always do. Like, you know, we have these habits and routines in our lives. Like, you know, my wife does the laundry every week. It's just the thing. One of the things that she does, it's she's taken it on her list of responsibilities and, and um, without fail every week, she does the laundry. And um, one a tendency that people can have is when they begin to have the expectation that somebody is going to do something like that for them. So if I was say, like, okay, I have the expectation that she's going to do the laundry every week because that's what she does. And, and there hasn't been an overt uh, declaration of you're the laundry doer and I'm the beneficiary of you doing laundry. So uh, cool. It's, it's just the, the routine that has been established is what created the expectation. Now, because I have that expectation, if she were to not do it, it would be easy for me to be frustrated and go, but I, you know, I was expecting you to do the laundry and you didn't do it. So now I'm, now I'm upset and frustrated. And, and, uh, if I express that frustration, then I've, I've 
lost the benefit of all this awesomeness that she's been doing. And she's lost the benefit of my appreciation that I've had all this time, but didn't express. And I didn't address anything until my expectation was not met. And so in, in situations like that, taking the time to say, uh, thank you and express gratitude for things like that, that you generally want to take for granted, um, is a powerful way to lift somebody up and give them a boost. Um, and that that's actually a perfect segue into the, the third piece of the um, emotional system, which is expectations. And managing expectations, uh, like I just said, there's, there's so many things in life where expectations are, are ambiguous because we, they are created from uh, subconsciously from circumstance, you know, and, and so like I expressed with the, with the laundry just now is, is, you know, when there's not an overt managing of expectations, Hey, I'm going to be doing this thing and uh, you don't have to, but the habit is formed. The routine is set of somebody doing, you know, my wife doing that laundry every week. Um, it's easy for me to set that, to, to create that expectation within myself that she's going to do it. And um, she can create the expectation in herself that she's going to do it. Uh, but, but without voicing that expectation, without being clear about what that is, they, there, there is room for the, the ambiguity of an unexpressed expectation to um, suddenly uh, derail and cause some emotional response. And um, I'm a firm believer that all, every, like all, every single emotional response that we have in our life is based upon the, an expectation that is either met or unmet. And the, the delineation there really digs into whether they act, that expectation is, um, is expressed. If you're even aware of it, if you've expressed it, if it's been agreed upon between, uh, everyone that it, that it involves, um, so the, the clarity of that expectation plays a big part, but, um, you can, you can find anytime you have an emotional response to something, you can ask yourself, what was the expectation that was met or unmet that caused that emotional response? And you can dig in there and, and that's a, that's a structure that I've been using lately to really decide to, to, to hone in on, on how I, uh, create and manage expectations because there's so many that exist. You know, some are, some are societal, some are, um, familial, some are personal, some are work related. There, there are lots of expectations that we have within ourselves for the world around us. And, um, and, many, many of them are reasonable. Some of them are unreasonable. And the sooner we can, um, identify and eliminate unreasonable expectations, both for ourselves and for others and, and what we believe others have of ourselves, then, um, that can eliminate a great deal of stress in your life. Um, so an, an example that happened, uh, somewhat recently is I was, I was talking to, uh, a lady over coffee and she mentioned that she was a power lifter 
And I had, I, I had a sense of surprise inside of me. I went, whoa, okay. And that's an emotional response. That surprise was an emotional response. And so I had to ask myself, why am I surprised? What expectation exists inside of me that caused me to be surprised by, by her saying that? You know, it's like she was in good shape, so I shouldn't have been surprised by her physique. Uh, was I surprised because she's a woman and she said she's a power lifter and that surprised me? Like, so I had, to, I had to break down um, what expectations I had and then question them and then decide what my, what expectations I was going to go ahead and carry forward were. And, and I think that um, it was, I think it was the fact that she was a woman that caused me to have surprise. So I had to go, wow, I know lots of, I, I know personally and know of plenty of women that are, that are power lifters and bodybuilders and things like that. So I don't, that shouldn't surprise me. You know, and, and maybe it's a combination that she wasn't like totally jacked and um, looking like a power lifter. She was just, you know, fit. And so, may, you know, maybe it's a combination of the two. I don't, I don't know. But I, but the, the thing that I took away from that was um, to make sure that I maintained my heightened awareness of how expectations caused me to react emotionally. And I didn't, and, and there was in, in my interaction with her, there was, there was no sign of me having any of this surprise or, um, and and I didn't, there was no, no interaction dynamic that, that caused uh, anything about it. It was just, I just took it. Okay, cool. That's, that's cool that you do that. Um, but it was just an internal thing. And, and so I, the reason, the, the reason it was so powerful for me is because I was able to, to be on top of it without, um, it causing an issue. Uh, but there's definitely times where, you know, our facial expressions or our, or our physical or verbal reactions to things reveal some degree of expectation that we have that, that we did not even realize that we, that we had. So, um, it's a fantastic practice to have is to, um, is to first become, um, intentionally aware of any kind, any and all emotional responses that you have to circumstances, um, to and situations and people and, and things, and as you become aware of those responses, begin to ask yourself the question, either in the moment or in reflection later, what what expectations existed inside of me that were either met or unmet, um, that caused those emotional responses and. Um, what you'll be able to do in that practice is um, is begin increasing what I call my the buffer zone, where um, you know you're in the center of this picture it like a circle. You're in the center of this circle, and um, all around you you have external stimuli that are coming at you, and the the buffer zone is the is the essentially the the time window that is the um, the duration between a stimulus, you becoming aware of a stimulus and you reacting to that stimulus. And the more time you have to be able to process those things, the more intentional you can be with your response. And you become, you become, uh, 
instead of reactive, you become decisive and you become proactive and you can, you can see things before you begin to see things before they, they happen, uh, or, or anticipate them before they happen or, um, respond very, uh, intentionally when they do happen. And so that's, that's my, my buffer zone. And so, so understanding that all of my emotional responses are from expectations that are met or unmet that that helps me to to begin increasing that buffer zone because i am i am intentionally uh, maintaining an awareness of what my expectations are and what kind of responses i'm getting and i'm and i'm very i'm very in tune to the uh, rumblings of an emotional response so before it actually starts happening i i can i can see it happening and i can start doing this evaluation inside of me prior to um, anything actually getting out. Uh, so, and I think, I think that, and that leads into the, the fourth piece of the emotional system is emotional intelligence. And, and I think this is a key factor in emotional intelligence is that, that ability to, uh, manage those expectations within yourself, um, and to be able to observe how those expectations are being managed within others. Um, so the if emotions are caused by the the met or unmet expectations, then the ability to anticipate someone else's reaction to things or interpret their emotional responses to things is the uh, intelligence that is kind of uh, delving into the the analysis of what what expectations might exist inside someone else that are causing the reactions that they're having. Um, and, and being able to be, uh, safe from a, an emotional response volley that can happen when, you know, when somebody else reacts to a situation, it's easy to also react to that person reacting. And then, you know, you know, you end up going back and forth and, um, you know, throwing gasoline on a, on the, emotional fire of a situation. If you, if somebody doesn't get it in check, it, it will escalate, you know? And so the maintaining a good buffer zone gives you the, the benefit of a slow you know, a slow deliberate response while somebody else may not have that, that same capability. And then it gives you the chance to, to begin uh, probing for what expectations are, are in existence inside of them that they're actually responding to emotionally. So, um, the, and then, uh, leveraging gratitude and affirmation languages in your interactions with them can really lift them up and, and, um, calm them down if it's a, a heightened emotional situation and, and help you to, uh, lead them through the processing of those emotions and those expectations and increase their own buffer zone. And I, I think that's the kind of the crux of emotional intelligence is um, it, it lives in that, in that buffer zone of, of time between stimulus and response in, in circumstances and, and relating with people. And so, so let's do a, a quick recap. We have in the, in, in the third of the five systems of human design is emotional, the emotional system. 
We have the affirmation languages, which are physical touch, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, acts of service, and quality time. We have gratitude as the second of the four pieces, expectations and expectation management in the third, and emotional intelligence is the fourth. And um, next time when we get into the relational system, you're going to you'll bump into some overlap between some of these. I think uh, all five of these systems are, are active at all, all times. And there's, there's going to be a degree of, of overlapping of pieces of them in order for them to uh, work successfully because they, they're not independent of one another. It, it is um, five key systems within each one of us that are, that are active and they feed how we, um, commit our life force into the world. And so this, I'm excited to get into the relational one. This is one of my favorites uh, on the next episode. So uh, thank you for listening and you have a great day and optimize. Mm -hmm.